With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as um, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. You're listening to the Red Sea Podcast, part of the Over the Monster Network. Red Sox fans have longed to hear it. The Boston Red Sox are world champions. Hosted by Jake Devereaux. It's gone. It's in the bullpen. This game is tied. And featuring Keaton DeRocher. It's a grand slam! I'm telling you, it's time to party! Welcome back to episode number 198 of the Red Seat Podcast. Uh, This is Matt Collins speaking right now. I am your host today. um, And I'm going to be joined by Shelly in just a minute. But before we do that... Just have a quick message from our friends over at Fifth Element. Uh, Fifth Element is an ultra-high milligram CD- CBD product focused on relief and recovery after a workout. Uh, we are still in January as we speak, so some of us are still pretending like we're going to keep our New Year's resolutions all year still going, so we're still going to the gym. And uh, this CBD product is designed for that it's designed for people with an active lifestyle anywhere from weekend warriors to professional athletes and everything in between Uh, 5e is a full spectrum high milligram hemp to help you whenever and wherever you need it whether it's after the gym or just a long day at work you can get yours today by visiting 5ehemp.com if you use the code monster you get 50 percent off that is half off So you go to 5ehemp.com, that is 5, the number 5, E, the letter E, hemp, E, H-E-M-P, 
hemp.com, 5ehemp.com. Use the code MONSTER at checkout and you get 50% off. All right. Shelly, how are you doing today? Um, I, I'm, I'm doing okay. Um, we're out of 2020, so it's got to be better, right? Well, right? those sure. are the famous last words. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> we're early enough in 2021 where you can still kind of pretend that's the case. Exactly. Uh, as far as the Red Sox go, still not a ton of excitement going. Uh, last week when it was Keaton and I, uh, we talked about Andrew Benatendi trade possibilities. I had kind of assumed that something would happen on that front by the time this podcast came around. Nothing has happened there, uh, but the Red Sox have made a couple of other moves, somewhat less exciting news. Uh, the first one, bigger one, is that they brought back Martin Perez. Martin Perez, that deal is not official yet as we speak. We are speaking uh, Monday evening. We're recording this, so deal's not official yet, but it's all but done. Uh, Martin Perez will be back. It is a one-year deal, base salary of $4.5 million. Uh, with the $500,000 buyout for a team option next year, it's effectively a $5 million deal for one year uh, with that team option for the second year. So just kind of start off broad. What are your thoughts here? Excited, disappointed, uh, neutral, underwhelmed, overwhelmed? Uh, I'm whelmed, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I, I don't know. I was just kind of hoping that the Red Sox would honestly maybe do something more. This has nothing to do with Martin Perez. I think that he is like a really good guy. Like he seems like a really good clubhouse guy and stuff like that. He's an okay pitcher, like a good number four, number five type of guy. I was just maybe hoping for someone different. Um, I just, I just, when I saw this come over my, my Twitter feed, I'm just like, I just sighed. I was like, okay, I guess that's where we are right now. Yeah, I think I guess was like the first words that pretty much every Red Sox fan yeah. said. Like at this point, it's just like, whatever, I guess why not? Um, it definitely didn't help that it came like a day or maybe less than a day after the Yankees had signed Corey Kluber, who I think a lot of us thought was a likely Red Sox guy. It seemed like he was like the big target that the Red Sox actually might get. Uh, so having him go to the Yankees and then immediately having the Red Sox be like, oh, we got Martin Perez back. It's like, all right, cool. And like you said, I yeah. mean, I think I think it's pretty clear that he he liked being in the organization. I think the organization liked having him. Um, and it's just, I mean, it's another one of these deals. It's the same thing with Hunter Renfro and with Matt Andreese. They make sense if there are bigger moves coming with it and there's still time for that. But I mean, you can only say that for so long. Spring training starts <laughs> in like a month. <laughs> At some point, something else has to happen. So, um, I mean, like I said, I think, I think Martin Perez is probably fine as like a number five. I think... That's probably what you're hoping for from Nick Pavetta, too, though, which is unfortunate that you have two guys that are probably fine as a number five. That's not that's not how you want to draw it up. But um, I think if they as long as Martin Perez isn't the best starting pitcher they bring in, I think I could be fine with it. I'm fine plugging him in the back. Um, he's not so much an innings eater. He's never thrown 200 innings, but he's relatively durable. He takes the ball every five days. He'll give you like 180 innings over like 30 starts or whatever. Um, they probably will be a little worse than league average, but it is what it is. Um, the issue is if he's 
your number three or number four. Then he has some major problems, which we saw last year. But um, I guess I, I guess you still kind of just have to hold out hope that they're bringing somebody else in. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. Um, I mean, there's still some, I guess, sort of kind of some interesting uh, free agents out there. Maybe like a joke, a joke, a Jake Odorizzi, maybe a Garrett Richards type. But yeah, I don't know. Martin Perez kind of reminds me of just like plain oatmeal. Where it's just like it's a, it's okay it, it'll do but it's like um, I would really like some like peanut butter or or chocolate chips in that oatmeal but I I guess it's okay yeah and I I think part of it it doesn't help that he was part of last year's pitching staff I mean I think everybody <laughs> yeah. kind of just wants to move on from that uh, which isn't totally fair to him because he was I think his success has been a little overrated just because it's being compared to like the rest of the pitching staff at the end of the day he really wasn't that great he was just like not terrible uh which was the bar that we were clearing last year and he definitely (laughs) cleared that and there was some small sample in there he had a couple of really bad outings that skewed his number numbers big time but i mean i think ultimately his true talent is like a league average at best guy which again you can live with but yeah i mean i think you were kind of alluding to it the starting pitching market was weak to begin with, and it's we're getting deep into it now where there's not a whole lot of names that are great. You mentioned Odorizzi. I think he's probably the top guy outside of Bauer right now that people would want. Um, Tanaka is still out there, but it seems like he there's a pretty decent chance he's going to go back to Japan. Mm-hmm. Um, I would be fine with James Paxton, depending on the contract, but obviously injury issues there. And then after those guys, you're really looking at, like, Richards, who you mentioned, who's a walking injury risk. Chris Archer, who's 32, and he's been like a guy with potential for the last decade who's never made good on it. Rick Porcello, we know who Rick Porcello is. Jose Quintana is basically the left-handed version of Rick Porcello. Um, it's just... There's there's not... It seems like it was Kluber or Bust, for me at yeah. least, just in terms yeah. of like the combination between talent and cost of contract, and now that he's gone, I'm just kind of underwhelmed by all the options left. Yep, I, I totally agree. Yeah, I had the same feelings uh, about when I saw that Kluber was going back to the, going to the Yankees. I'm just like, I just like just wanted to ha- have some papers just to throw in the air, you know, just be like, uh, yeah. I'm just <laughs> yeah, like, forget I, this. It doesn't matter anymore. <laughs> especially going to the Yankees. If he had gone to like the yes. Diamondbacks or whatever, like it would have been fine. But the fact that he's with the Yankees and yeah. I was a little annoyed by, like, everybody kind of being like, oh, well, his trainer was there, Eric Cressy, or whatever that guy's name was there, so it was, like, a foregone conclusion that he was going to New York. It's like, well, nobody said that until he signed. I don't remember reading a single story saying that. So I don't know how much the Red Sox offered. I'm sure that definitely played a part of it, but it's just, yeah, it's just disappointing. And, I mean, I guess going back to Martin Perez... Are there other guys who you would have rather had at that price, at that sort of back end, that back end starter? Because I did think the Red Sox needed to add two guys. So I guess if Perez is the second guy, I can live with it. Was there anybody else sort of in that lower tier that you were looking at that you would have rather had? Um, not, not. Not really. I mean, I actually, I don't mind the contract. Like, I think it's a one year, 4.5. Like, that's, that's pretty, pretty reasonable. So I, I'm, 
I'm fine with it. It was just, just like you said, just it was just after the Kluber news. It's just kind of like, ugh, okay, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, I guess I'm looking at, um, or I was looking at Fangraph's projected contracts, which obviously is not a perfect science. This is like crowdsourced predictions, but they do a decent job of kind of outlining different tiers in the market. And around that $5 million price, they're really... There really wasn't anybody I guess I would have rather had. Maybe Matt Shoemaker, but I don't know that there's that big of a difference. Um, the only guy I probably would have been really pushing for would be Anthony Disclafani, who got $6 million. Mm-hmm. Um, But I don't know how much of his decision comes down to, I want to rebuild my value, and there's really no other, better park to do that than San Francisco. Yeah. Um, obviously, there's nothing the Red Sox can do about that. So yeah, I mean, I think, I think like you were saying, this any sort of disappointment around Martin Perez probably has less to do with Perez himself and more to do just with the circumstances um, and just sort of the order of operations. Um, but I guess I'll ask, do you think they're going to bring in another pitcher that is clearly better than Martin Perez? So, I mean, I'm not talking about like a Matt Shoemaker or Brett Anderson or anything like I, one of the guys we were talking about before. Um, I guess if, you think Jake Odorizzi is better than Martin Perez? Sure, but I I, I, do I, so. I I don't know, and I think that he I I saw kind of like some tweets and reports and stuff that he wants like three years, three or four years, something like that. And I don't know if the Red Sox really want to go that route. Um, outside of that, I really don't see anyone better than Martin Perez. I mean, other than Bauer, but I don't want them to sign Bauer. So I think Tanaka is pretty clearly better. Um, okay. but I don't think he's very, very realistic. Yeah. Um, I think I've, I like James Paxton. The injury stuff definitely worries me. I don't know that the Red Sox are going to want to go there. Yeah. I think you make a good point about Odorizzi. Cause I, I mean, I think, I, I don't think there's any question he's better than Perez, but when you get into the contract and if he's worth that contract, uh, back to the fan graphs predictions, they predicted 339. I don't think that's outrageous, but I also don't know that I'm, like, tripping over myself to give that to Jake Odorizzi. Mm-hmm. And they're kind of just in that spot where it's, okay, do I want to give out a contract that might not be great, or do I just want to run it back with, like, a terrible rotation again? And they've kind of... That's the downside of being so patient on the market, yeah. is that one day you just wake up and all the other options are gone. Yeah. So I guess if I had to make a guess, I think they will sign. I think they're going to sign Odorizzi. Um, It just seems like that's the only option they have left. I don't love it. Um, I'm less confident than I was before that they're going to sign another starting pitcher. I had believed that signing two is pretty much inevitable, but some of the talk coming out after the Perez signing was saying like they may still target another pitcher or they're open to targeting another that sort of wording doesn't make me feel confident but at the end of the day i just i can't really see them not adding at least one more solid guy yeah i i i I totally agree um and speaking of some of those other guys out there um these are sort of lower tier free agents in the martin perez range uh, the Red Sox are reportedly going to go watch uh, Julio Tehran and Anibal, Anibal Sanchez uh, throw. So, 
thoughts on those guys, and are they better than Nick Pavetta, who is with Perez in the back of this rotation right now? <laughs> um, maybe Teheran. Like I've I've kind of been like a a fan since he was with the Braves, but I don't know. I just think that they. It just really does seem like the 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 team is just like kind of set here, and maybe if they can get Teheran or Sanchez for kind of cheap, they'll go for it. But I think they're just gonna see what we got with Pavetta here, which really scares me. Yeah, I think they've kind of painted themselves in a corner with Pavetta. I don't think they really have a choice. Yeah, um, that's not a great way to make decisions. I mean, there's a whole sunk cost fallacy, but I think they traded for him, and Seapold was obviously the bigger get in that deal, but Pavetta was part of it. He looked good enough at the end of last year that I think you have to, like, it would just be weird to give up on him after that. Not that I think you should be making major decisions off two or three game samples, but just he's out of options. You might as well just see what he has. Um and as for these guys, I mean, I've always liked Sanchez. He's had a weird, weird career where a couple of years ago in 2018, 2019, he was like legitimately good again. And then he was really bad last year. And if he would take like a minor league deal with an invite to camp, I would go for that. But I mean, that's really, I, I really don't want to give a major league guarantee to either of these guys because it means that they're the second starter at it and they're probably worse than martin burrows yeah um, yeah so it's just yeah i think i think you're right i think they just have to see what they have in pavetta i'm not super confident that it's going to be anything to write home about but um you you gotta see what you have yeah and other red sox pitching news uh chris sale is sort of the Shadow looming over everything with the Red Sox this year. Nobody really knows when he's going to be back, um, what he's going to look like when he comes back, um, how much of his rehab is going to be done in the minors versus the majors. Uh, Buster only reported that the Red Sox are going to be cautious uh, with his rehab. I don't, there's not a ton of specifics there. I don't particularly know what that means. When are you, when are you sort of just, broadly thinking he'll be back just within like a month or so um let's see so he had it in march i i'm thinking early july kind of thing um so i guess like kind of sort of halfway through the season if it starts on time um yeah but when i like clicked on the the article it like it didn't give any details he just said sources and i'm like that's not saying anything like he actually talked more about noah Syndergaard than like Chris Sale, which I thought was like, I'm like, okay, this with this clickbait, I don't know. <laughs> but I'm just like, Chris Sale, like, I just see, he's like, I just don't see him being okay with taking the cautious route. He just seems like he wants the, the type just to go and get back on the mound. Yeah, I think you're right. I feel bad for whoever's job it's going to be to try and rein him in because <laughs> um, I can't imagine that's going to be easy um, but at the same time I mean just judging by what the Red Sox have done so far this offseason it just short, sort of the vibe I'm getting around the organization it really doesn't feel like they're going for it this year I think they 
I mean, I don't think they're tearing it down or anything, but I think they're looking at more of 2022. Mm-hmm. So I had I had been thinking that sale could be back as early as like the first or second week of June. Um, I would now probably guess that it'll be like the All Star break, like middle of July. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe if they like come out of the gate hot and they win like 20 games in April or something like that, they might speed it up. But I really don't see that happening, and I think it's more likely that the opposite would happen. And then at that point, it's like just make sure he's ready for 2022 and maybe get him like a couple of months work in the majors. Mm-hmm. Um, but you're right. I mean, sales, sales going to have something to say about that. So, I mean, that's, it's definitely going to be an interesting storyline to watch this year. Definitely. So part of the reason the Martin Perez move wasn't made official. It was first reported Saturday and then kind of nothing happened for a couple of days. Uh, Red Sox had to clear a 40-man spot. Um, the fact that it was taking a couple days made it likely a trade was coming to do it. That's exactly what happened. Um, it wasn't necessarily a big trade. It wasn't the Benintendi trade we were waiting for. But uh, CJ Chatham was traded to the Phillies on Monday uh, for a player to be named later or cash. Uh, basically just a fancy designating for assignment. Um, sending him to the Phillies, where Dave Dombrowski is, of course, leading the front office. Dombrowski was leading the Red Sox front office when they drafted Chatham in uh, 2016. So, I guess we'll start... I mean, this makes sense, right? Chatham was yeah. going to be gone at some point. Yeah, I, I just um, just kind of like looking at the, the, the prospects and who, you know, was on the 40-man and all that stuff, like... It, it, I just don't think that uh, Chatham really was going to fit with the Red Sox. I mean, they didn't call him up last year, um, especially when they needed, like, second base help. So after that fiasco at second base last year, I'm just like, yeah, I just don't think that he's just really in the Red Sox plans. So I was not surprised to see this trade. Yeah, it seemed seemed inevitable that this was coming at some point. Um, I was surprised last year at how seemingly like actively they were avoiding using him i mean they used everybody who had even looked at the second base position got a chance playing there and he never even it never even felt like he was considered i mean i try to read between the lines with a lot of the beat writers tweets and columns and that's usually a good gauge for what the organization is thinking. And Chatham was never even really mentioned as an option. I think he was part of like the taxi squad for one road trip and that was it. So Mm -hmm. I've always kind of liked Chatham, the player. I still think he can be a solid bench player in this league, but it was just, it was just clear. The Red Sox, it was never going to happen with the Red Sox. I mean, they have, even if they don't sign a veteran at second base, which I mean, they should, but even if they don't, they still have Michael Chavis, Christian Arroyo, Yairo Munoz, um, Jonathan Arauz. I think I think they like Chad De La Guerra better than CJ Chatham at this point. Uh, yeah. Jeter Downs isn't going to be ready to start the year, but as soon as like the middle of the season, he could be a guy. So I mean, Chatham was just he was never going to get a chance in Boston. Yeah, I, I yeah, I totally agree. And I wish him well in Philly. I, I the the Philly system is kind of not that great, so. I I I hope that he gets some time, major league time. Yeah, I mean, I think I've always, I always wanted him to draw more walks. That was what was sort of holding him back 
to me, from being like a second division starter, I know a lot of people pointed to the power, but that was just never going to come. That's not who he is as a player. But if he could like draw walks at like a 9% rate, um, and he's like a 300 hitter. He can carve out a role for like five, 10 years. Mm-hmm. Um, so hopefully the Phillies are able to get that out of him. I'm not necessarily banking on the Phillies developing prospects. That hasn't really been their MO in recent years, but um, he should at least have an easier path. Yeah. And the other part of this that sort of sparked up after this trade, sort of weirdly to me, but it was sort of inevitable, I guess. Uh, Dustin Pedroia talk came up. Uh, Pedroia is, of course, still on the 40-man. He hasn't played in a few years, uh, but his contract still going. This is his final year of that contract. Uh, a lot of people have assumed that they were going to do something early in the offseason to get him off the 40-man. That hasn't happened. It's led to decisions like this one with Chatham, um, potentially more down the road if they keep him on there. Uh, so a lot of people are sort of upset with the Red Sox, upset with Pedroia that this is still going on. Uh, Pete Abraham of the Globe did ask about this. Uh, his tweet from Monday said, did some checking. Pedroia is not planning a comeback and a resolution could come this month. Given Dustin's status, they'll want to do this correctly. Also fair to say they haven't dropped anybody off the 40 man they saw as having an impact. Um, so yeah, I mean, the whole Dustin Pedroia conversation kind of makes me angry i just it's people mad at him first of all need to get a grip <laughs> i mean yeah totally. after every like there's probably not more than like 10 players in red sox history and that might even be too many that are more important to like the franchise than pedroia has been i mean part of three world series championship teams a key part of two of them mm-hmm. uh, obviously won an mvp rookie of the year Everybody knows the accolades, the best defensive second baseman that's ever lived. Uh, so the idea that he owes anybody anything is crazy. Um, and also, I think it's weird to get mad at the Red Sox for not just, like, cutting him. Like, this isn't... We, we're not living in a video game. Like, you have to treat these people, especially somebody as important as Pedroia, with, like, some human decency. So I, I don't know your thoughts on this, but anytime it comes up, it usually just makes me uncomfortable. Yeah, uh, I mean, I I totally feel the same way as you. Uh, I was kind of thinking that if the season was going to be normal and there would be fans, like he would retire and just get like some, you know, just go on the field for like one inning or something to get like some fan uh, fans to say, you know, goodbye and he could say goodbye kind of thing. Uh, But I don't like seeing like on Twitter where people are like, why don't you just cut him and all this stuff? It's like, this is Dustin Pedroia, you guys. Just stop it. It's it's not that big of a deal. Let let you know. Let Petey figure out how he wants to do this. Like seriously. I'm Alex Rodriguez, and I'm Jason Kelly from Bloomberg. This is the deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press 1. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press 2. 
We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Yeah, and I mean, it's a complicated situation. The Red Sox, I, to their credit, they seem to be treating it with the care that it deserves. I mean, there's... There's big money on the table here that both sides need to figure out how to work that out. Um, Pedroia needs to figure out what he's doing next in his life after playing, whether that's staying with the Red Sox in some form, um, going on his own way, sort of maybe doing the Veritech thing where he starts off with a small role and that role gets bigger. I mean, who knows? This is what they're all figuring out. And, I mean, honestly... I said that I like Chatham. I like Davy Grillon. Those guys, you can like. The, it is not worth alienating Dustin Pedroia to keep CJ Chatham. It just, it just isn't. One hundred percent. And I mean, speaking of the post career, I don't know if you've ever given any thought to Pedroia what he's going to do after he plays. I don't think he's going to do this, but I would love to see him in the booth. Um, I feel like he would be. A lot of fun, especially next to Eckersley. They would probably get in trouble for language issues, but <laughs> um, I, I would love to see him go in that direction. Again, I have no idea if that's something he'd be interested in. That's a that's a big commitment, um, yeah. so he probably wouldn't want to do that, but that would be sort of my dream role for him. Oh, that would be awesome. I That would just be glorious. I would love to see it. And, I mean, Nesson does these, especially with Remy, obviously having his health issues they do like the guest announcing yeah. things like johnny gomes calls games every once in a while mm-hmm. so even if you start off like that um but we'll see we'll have we'll have plenty of dustin pedroia talk um like i said p dave said that a resolution could come at some point this month so we'll we'll have that covered when it does happen uh but for now just get a grip with your dustin pedroia complaints just take it down a notch there's other things happening in this world yeah all right, so the last thing I wanted to talk about before we got on to the listener questions uh, was to do a little bit of uh, prospect stuff. Uh, so at Over the Monster, every year at the website, uh, we do our community prospect rankings where uh, readers and writers uh, vote uh, for every spot on the top 20 in the organization. We start at one um and twice a week, we put a new player on the list until we get through 20. Uh, so that's going to start this week. Uh, today, if you're listening to this on Tuesday when it comes out, um, will be the first day of voting. And so I figured with that and with Baseball America releasing their top 100 list on Monday, um, it would be a good time to sort of do a little bit of prospect talk. So uh, I guess we could start with those with that top 100 prospects list the red sox actually had three players on the list which is a little surprising to me uh tristan Casas at 47 jeter downs at 71 and bobby dalbeck at 90 um were you as surprised as i was to see dalbeck on there uh yeah i was very surprised to see dalbeck on there um i guess because he's you know projected to be the starting first baseman i guess that's why he got there but it's still surprising that he made it uh, to number 90. Yeah, it seems, I mean, you certainly have a better um, pulse on league-wide prospects than I did. Um, I know that Baseball America has been higher on Bobby Dahlbeck 
for a while. That's uh, both on their team list, which is put together by Alex Spear, but also Adalbeck was on their mid-season top 100 last year too, which kind of surprised me. Um, so I guess they just really like the power. I'm not a big Bobby Dalbeck guy. I certainly don't see him as a top 100 type prospect, but I mean, it's, I think it says something at least about the system that they have three guys on this list, not necessarily an elite name, but they're not where they were five years ago, but they're, I mean, it was just like two years ago. They had nobody on the list. So to have three now is at least a step in the right direction. Yeah, totally. Um, and uh, I mean, I love uh, Cassis and 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 Downs, and um, I mean, I know that you're a big Jaren Duran fan just as much as I am. Um, so yeah, I mean, this this system has really turned around the last couple of years, and um, I, I do think that they have like some other interesting guys as well. Uh, so yeah, I mean, this system has totally changed. Yeah, I think it's. I think they're still missing the most important thing, which is yeah. top tier, elite, top twenty five ish type prospects. Um, mm-hmm. It's kind of weird with Casas. I don't really know how to frame him in that thinking because I think offensively, I think he can be that guy. Like I think Freddie Freeman. Not that I'm saying Casas is going to be Freddie Freeman, but Freddie Freeman is a guy that obviously anybody looks at as one of the handful of best players in baseball. Um, and so you can be that guy with Casas. I'm just, I'm curious if you would talking about elite top level prospects, can you put Casas in that class? I'm really puzzled about how, where I would put him in that conversation. Yeah. Um, I honestly, I, I would, um, I mean, because he, finished what 2019 in high a and he spent all of you know the summer at the alt site and i mean i've heard really 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 good reports and that's probably like the best pitching that he's seen i mean i know that the red sox triple a and kind of you know rotation you know down on the alt site it was not really that great it's not that good but it's probably still the best pitching that he's ever seen and he performed really well so that gives me hope that even if he didn't really play in games he saw good pitching so if he starts at the season at double a and kills it which i do think that he will i think that he could be upper tier prospects yeah i think he definitely i think he definitely has that potential i guess it's just his margin of error is just smaller than it would be had he played shortstop or center field. Obviously, he could oh for sure, yeah, fall back a little bit on that defense. So I think that's probably why I would hesitate to put him there right now. Um, I would, I could probably change my mind if he got off to a really hot start at Double A or whatever this year. Um, but I mean, I think he's right on the cusp. But I mean, just back to my point, I don't, I think that it's so important to have those kind of blue chip guys. Those are the guys that you're counting on the when you're getting to the back end of the top 100 you're not really talking about the slam dunk prospects you're talking about good ones who could be very good Um, so i think the red sox still definitely have work to do there they obviously have the number four overall pick this year uh which would help uh nick york uh blaze jordan those guys could rise but i don't really see them getting to that level Uh, but i do think the red sox 
where they don't have that top level talent i think they are extremely loaded in like b minus prospects so the guys like duran like brian mata um I would put Bobby Dalbeck in that group. I would probably put Tanner Houck in that group. Connor Seabold, um, Gilberto Jimenez. I mean, there's a lot of guys that sort of would probably be in like that 150 to 200 ish range on a national level. Um, and they have those kind of guys all over the system too. So they have some like Dalbeck in the majors. They have some like Duran who could be in the majors in 2021 and make a real impact by 2022. And then they have the guys like Jimenez, who I think is probably the favorite in the system to have like a big breakout and maybe get to that top 100 level, top 50 level. So I think they're doing a good job of building that depth. It's just a matter of now waiting for some of that depth to break out in a way, I mean, not that anybody's going to turn into Bookie Betts, but sort of in that fashion where they just all of a sudden make that leap. Right. Yep. Agreed. Um, so I want to talk a little bit more about the farm system here. Who We don't have to go through all of the names, but who of people that we haven't really talked about much yet who do you see helping in 2021? Just a couple of names. Um, in 2021, um, I guess, uh, I mean, I guess, I mean, we kind of talked about Duran. I do think maybe he could get there. Um, uh, obviously Tanner Houck, Bobby Dahlbeck. Um, uh, I really don't know outside of that. Like it, it's, it's like, I, with the prospects, I think that we're kind of like maybe about two years away before we get like a big influx. Yeah, I think, I mean, I think we should see Mata and Seabold hopefully at some point this year. Okay. Um, Seabold, I think, could be earlier. Mata would probably be later. Yeah. Um, Casas, Keaton wrote about this earlier in the week. I could see Casas coming up at the end of the year. Um, I would probably put the chances pretty low, probably like 25-ish percent. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's not out of the realm of possibility. Down's a little bit higher than that. Um, I think my... I've been thinking a lot about it today, really, and I think I'm going to be... I'm going to lean very hard into Darvin Feltman being a comeback player Ooh. this year. I think... I was really excited about him last year, Um I think it was really easy to write him off after uh, 2019. He was Mm -hmm. just terrible in Portland. Um, I saw him in action. It was not pretty. His command was all over the place. Uh, But it was also his first full season as a pro. Um, He's a Texas kid living in Maine. It's not an easy adjustment. Um, I was excited to see what he did as sort of a comeback, probably starting last season in Portland, obviously. Didn't get to pitch at all. The Red Sox were very crowded in the alternate site with not good pitchers, but pitchers that had a chance to pitch in the majors, so Feldman couldn't work his way there. Um, so I'm excited to see. I wouldn't be terribly, terribly surprised if he was in the bullpen by the end of the year. That's fair, yeah. And um, um, I saw like on uh, SoxProspects.com uh, that you know his velocity was back up um, in fall instructs. Um, so yeah, that's that. That's a good name. That's a good name. Um. Yeah, and I mean, I think the the command is probably more important than the velocity, but I mean, it's still sure. It's still nice to see that. 
Um, so looking sort of outside of the top, wherever you want to draw the line. I mean, I think there's a top 15 to 20, just sort of those guys that are always sort of included in that group outside of those who is sort of a sleeper prospect in your mind in the system. Um, looking through this, um, hmm. Edward Rizzardo. Um, I guess I, I do think that he could probably, um, maybe do some things to the bullpen. Um, I like Ryan Zephyrjohn a bit as well. Um, Zephyrjohn is interesting. Um, I wonder how long they're going to keep him in the rotation or Mm -hmm. as a starter. Um, so I, I would assume he'll definitely get a chance to start this year. Um, but I wonder if he's struggling in like July or August. The season minor league season is probably going to get pushed back this year. But um, like if he's getting pushed, if he's getting struggle, if he's struggling halfway through the season, I wouldn't hate seeing him in the bullpen and kind of fast tracking him. Um, mm-hmm. so I think that's probably where he ultimately ends up. But I do like Zephyrjan. Just that stuff is really impressive. Yeah, definitely. Um, another guy I really like is uh, Brian Bayo. Mm-hmm. Um, he sort of had a really weird career. I mean, he hasn't been around a long time, but he made his debut in 2018, just lit the DSL on fire. Um, and then 2019, he had a terrible first month in Greenville and then he was lights out for like three months and then he was terrible again to end the year. So, I mean, I think there's obviously some consistency issues, but that was also, Really his first time spending an extended amount of time in the States. Um, He was another guy I was really interested in seeing last year who obviously didn't get to pitch. So I think among, like, outside of the top 20, Bayo is probably my guy that I could see getting into the top 10 by this time next year. I like it. I like it. Um, Yeah, I mean, I'm... I'm mostly just excited to get minor league baseball hopefully back this year. Oh, um, yes, definitely. I miss it. And um, like I was saying before, so right now the idea on the table, nothing is set in stone yet, but um, they are right now planning on having AAA start on time and then AA and the two full season AVAL levels um starting a month back um, trying to avoid crowding at spring training so they would go to camp uh, once the major league season starts um, and then those seasons would run May to October Um, again that could all totally change I'm still not entirely sure how minor league baseball is going to work without fans Um, but I I hope they figure it out yeah same all right so Let's get to some listener questions before we finish this one off. Uh, we start off with Zod. Uh, Zod asks, uh, he says, Many Sox fans and outlets are still projecting four to five more free agent or trade acquisitions. Uh, where do those 40-man spots come from? So who is still on the chopping block? And I think we can probably say Pedroia is one of them based on that report. Definitely. Uh, anybody else come immediately to mind? 
Um, uh, maybe Marcus Wilson. Um, kind of, I don't know how you feel about Marcus Wilson, and it kind of depends on who they sign. Um, maybe Hudson Potts as well. Um, those, those guys. Um, Potts would surprise me. Um, okay. Wilson, I could see. Wilson, I kind of had in that Yohan Ibar, CJ Chatham yeah. sort of category where you could probably trade him for either a player to be named later or some like 23 year old rookie ball kid or whatever. Yeah. Um, I think Wilson's a little bit harder to part ways with just because they don't have a ton of outfield depth at AAA. Mm-hmm. Um, but I imagine they can find that in free agency to sign them to like minor league deals. Um, I think Joel Piamps, um, who they claimed off waivers a few months ago, he's always kind of seems like a guy that they could turn around and DFA again and try and keep him in the organization off of the roster. So I wouldn't be surprised to see him. And then, and then I think you're looking at Jeffrey Springs, Austin Bryce, Chris Mazza, uh, Marcus Walden. Um, I mean, I think I can make a case for keeping all of those guys, but if you need space, you're not all, you, I don't think you're really crying over losing them. Exactly. Yeah. And I mean, I think also, I mean, there's Andrew, the Andrew Benatendi trade rumors. Um, I would assume they would probably get a major leaguer back for that. It doesn't, that would seem to be the plan to hopefully get like a pitcher back or something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that could close us. That could open up a space, especially if you include like a Michael Chavis there. Um, so I would think there's probably one, at least one trade coming. And then you're looking at like the Wilson's and Springs and those yeah. kind of guys. Yeah. All right. Ivan L apex. Oh, this was, this is a doozy of a deal. Um, he has a three team deal proposal. So the Reds get Christian Vasquez, Jeter Downs, Andrew Benintendi, and Thad Ward. The Cubs get Jay Groom and Gilberto Jimenez. And the Red Sox get Luis Castellanos, or sorry, Luis Castillo, <laughs> Nick Castellanos, and Wilson Contreras. And he says, who says no? The Cubs. <laughs> yeah, the Cubs say no. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I kind of think everybody says no. Yes. <laughs> um, I definitely think the Reds say no. I think yeah. the Reds hang up in a second. They were asking for Glaber Torres from the Yankees for Luis Castillo. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't think the Red Sox have a Glaber Torres unless they're trading uh, Rafael Devers, which they're not. No. I kind of thought the Cubs maybe get the best of this, but I guess, I guess it comes down to how motivated they are by payroll. Yeah. Um, because I think that would be the only reason they do it, which seems to be their only motivation right now. Um, but yeah, I think, I think probably all three say no. Maybe the Red Sox, <laughs> the Red Sox probably don't say no, although they're giving up a lot of yeah. prospects. Yeah. But Luis Castillo is really good. Yeah, um, yes, he is. I would probably do that if I was the Red Sox, but I wouldn't be surprised if they actually said no. Yeah, agreed. All right. Uh, Angel Rondon, uh, Wants to know just a couple of bullpen arms still out there that you would like to see the Red Sox pick up. Um, I don't really know who's out there, so I'm pulling up the free agent stuff. So I'll let you go first while I look. 
uh, uh, Brad Hand has always been my number one um, on the market. I think Brad Hand is just, he's good every year. Um, people love talking about the volatility of relievers, but then don't ever want the guy who's just always good, which has never made sense to me. Uh, so Brad Hand, I think, is a big one. Kirby Yates, um, I think, would be an interesting reclamation project. Um, and then sort of down lower in the market, I mentioned him in a column a couple weeks ago, but uh, Carl Edwards Jr. is sort of a guy on a minor league deal I think would be interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, those those are definitely good names. Um, Trevor Rosenthal was pretty good last year. Um, I know he has command issues, um, but that velocity is super nice, so that should that could possibly be interesting. Um, I've always had a soft spot for Sergio Romo and that slider. Um, you could probably I love get Sergio him. Romo. Yeah, so you could probably. I mean, he's like thirty eight, so you could probably get him for if he still wants to play uh, for maybe a little cheap. So those are two guys that I think would be really interesting. Yeah, Romo is like a really good um, clubhouse guy too. Like yeah, everybody, everybody who's played with him absolutely loves the guy. So I would, I would be stoked about that. Yeah. Um, also from Angel Rondon, um, asking if the Red Sox should pick up Victor Arano. Um, he was DFA'd to make room for CJ Chatham. Um, I would just say. That's probably not going to happen because they would have just taken him back in the trade. Exactly, yeah. So there's really no point. Um, I remember Arano from a couple of years ago being a, guy, a name to like keep in mind. I think this is when I was doing like closer stuff for the fantasy team at VP. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't say I've kept up with his career, so I don't really know if it would be a good idea. But um, yeah, just... Like I said, it, if they wanted him, they could have gotten him in the trade, so I wouldn't really count on it. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Socks Junkie. It's a question for Jake, who's not in the show, uh, but we'll make fun of Jake. It's uh, <laughs> asking if Jake could still talk himself into believing Rick Porcello is valuable. Um, but more seriously, uh, if Rick Porcello is a candidate to come back on a minor league deal. Uh, yeah, I mean, if we could sign him for a minor league deal, that'd be awesome. I mean, I know that he, uh, Rick Porcello, pretty Ricky, has not been so pretty recently. Um, but I, I, I wouldn't mind if he came back on a minor league deal for sure. I don't think any. I, I don't think he's getting him. I, I think he's getting a major league deal. Agreed. Uh, I would be very surprised, and I don't think I would want him back on a major league deal. Um, I think he was a little better than his results said last year, but. He's he's an innings eater who takes the ball every five days. And if the Red Sox hadn't signed Martin Perez, I would have been fine with Rick Porcello in that sort of role. Mm-hmm. But they don't need another one of those guys. They need somebody with a little more upside than Rick Porcello. Yeah. Uh, Ivan Alapex, another question from Ivan, uh, says, if the price for Springer drops to five for 100, uh, would you do it and give up the second round pick um can i just get jbj instead (laughs) (laughs) um i mean i like springer um i just i i would just rather have jba jbj probably for less years and less money so yeah i think i think i would too but i would i would think long and hard about it 
um, especially if you're trading Benintendi. Mm-hmm. Um, at that point, I think you could maybe also sign JVJ. Not that I think they would um, make both of those moves. I think that would be very surprising. But theoretically, you could put Springer in left and have Springer. Bradley and Verdugo, all of a sudden, your outfield is looking dynamite. Yeah. Um, my biggest concern about Springer has been having to move him off center field probably within the next year or two. But at 5 for 100, I think I would. That bat plays anywhere in the corner. For sure. Um, giving up the second round pick hurts, which is why I don't think they would do it and why I'm sort of on the fence. But I think, gun to my head, I would probably do it. Yeah. Do you think Springer or Ozuna gets more money in years? I guess that's two different questions, but... Uh, I would say Springer to both. Okay. Um, I think part of it is... Well, I, I think Springer is just a flat-out better player. Um, okay. But also not having a clear picture on the DH in the National League is just so brutal for Ozuna's market. That's true, yeah. And they're really not showing any sign of figuring that out anytime soon. That's so annoying. Like, how how can we please just get the rules of the game? It's, it's crazy. I mean, Ozuna, Brantley, Nelson Cruz. Um, I mean, there's so many people. And not to mention, I mean, it's not even only DH-only players that are affected. I mean, pretty much any position player's market is going to grow if everybody has a DH yep. versus not. And yeah, it's it's extremely annoying that that hasn't been figured out yet. Yeah. All right. Then the last question is from Jim uh, Gramas. Um, Jim, this one hits home. This one hits home to me. Uh, Jim is upset that Nesson doesn't have a standalone app. I am also upset that Nesson doesn't have a standalone app. Um, this is not something Shelly has to worry about because she's not in New England. But I am, and I had YouTube TV. YouTube TV got rid of Nesson. I figured I could just watch Ness and Go using my parents' cable login. Ness and I hope you're not reading this because I'm pretty sure, or listening to this because I'm pretty sure that would be illegal. Um, but it turns out they don't have an app anyway, so I couldn't do that. I would have to watch on my laptop, which is just not tenable. Um, so basically, I had to sign up for cable today for the first time in like three years, and I've been frustrated about it all day. Um, so yes, Ness and should have a standalone app, um, and also YouTube TV shouldn't have taken away Ness and. Yeah, I I agree. Um, I mean, I live I live in Virginia, and we have we also have YouTube TV, and I think that they took away uh, Masson away from us. Um, so that's annoying. Yeah, they um, did like a whole purge of like all these local sports stations, yeah. which is crazy because when they first came out, they like advertised themselves as like the sports fans alternative. Exactly. It's so lame. It is not great that we have so much of our lives dictated by Google and Spectrum up here. I don't know what you have for cable. I used to have Comcast. I don't like any of these companies. Yeah. uh, Yeah, I think we have Comcast around here. Um, Yuck. It's not fun. No. (laughs) All right. So that's going to do it for our show today. Uh, we definitely hope you enjoyed it. If you did, uh, please subscribe to wherever you listen or on wherever you listen to podcasts. Uh, please tell your friends. Give us a rating. Give us a review. Do whatever you can to help us grow. 
Uh, you can also follow us on Twitter. I run the Over the Monster account at Over the Monster. Shelly is at ShellyV underscore 643. And you can read all of our writing at OverTheMonster.com. Uh, like I said earlier, we are getting started with our prospect voting uh, today. So go check out that out. Check out everything else we are doing. And uh, until next time. Thanks, guys.